this bowl of liquid because I would appreciate that. Hmm. Oh, I always try to be like, okay, I'll wait until you're done <laughs> drinking and then I will continue. All right. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Because you already started like I said you did. <laughs> you bitch. See, I told you he can't I, know. I was waiting for the one second that I looked at him and he was like, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Y'all couldn't see my face. I can't either, but it was funny. But anyways, hi there. I'm Bree. I'm Bert. And welcome to the Creepcast. And uh, this week is going to be a doozy. Just kidding. I don't know. It might be. And we finally are following through with our promise of doing a multi-topic episode of small stories and falling under one culture. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Because, you know, edumacation. The little guys need attention, too. Or they get a complex. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I was waiting for that to hit. <laughs> so, subtle mind. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so this week we are doing some Native American folklore. Folklore. Because that's what we do on Thursdays. Talk about random stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to come up with little jingles occasionally, just put through the episode where people are going to be like, is this a segment? Is this like a special segment that's about to happen? No, it's just... No, I'm just Austin. weird. <laughs> and this is what Austin has to deal with. He'll get over it. It's fine. He knew you what married he into this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you married into. Low-key package deal, but in the worst way possible. <laughs> All of the stress, none of the benefits. <laughs> That's referencing your joke that I'm Austin's second wife. Yep. The one he didn't ask for, but I just kind of showed up one day. <laughs> and now I won't leave. <laughs> so he's just accepted it, thinking there may be some benefits, but there are none. <laughs> no, that's not what happened, but I like to describe it that way because it's funnier. Yeah. But anyways... Native American folklore. Yay. There's really no intro, so we'll just kind of jump right into the first topic. So the first topic is Deer Woman. Deer Woman. Woman. <laughs> she a deer. She had a woman. Is woman a, deer. Is she a chia deer? No. <laughs> no. It'd be interesting, but no. <laughs> So tell us who this dear woman be. This dear woman be. Um, I don't even remember what I was doing. So <laughs> I was going to say something witty, but no. okay. I just thought that you were just like, and I've already lost my spot. I mean that too. But <laughs> <laughs> it's hard looking at people to engage in them and then be like, oh, yeah, stupid. You need to read. And it's like, wait, where was I? In the first sentence. Mm-hmm. The Deer Woman, sometimes known as Deer Lady, is a spirit in various forms of Native American mythology that is primarily associated with fertility and love. Though, um, primarily. Yeah. (laughs) Did great the first time. Uh, Though primarily shown as a um, benign spirit, she is also shown to lure promiscuous men to their death. Promiscuous men. 
something. I miss you, it's fun. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember the words now. I can't because I heard it on the radio just, like two and days then, ago. And then I just hear Timberland, promiscuous girl. <laughs> what tears in me? There it is. <laughs> I figured Judge out me, bitch. It's kind of hard right now. It's it prime, prime pop music. Yeah. It are. I mean, it's got to be good for something because they keep trying to remake our movies and our fucking music. So, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. anyway, um, she appears as a either a beautiful young woman or a deer. I feel like that's just a hard. Like, there's no blend. There's no centaur deer woman. It's just deer or woman. <laughs> you may only be one at once. Like a centaur. I mean, that'd be pretty legit. Except a deer. Would it have a deer head body and the human on the bottom? I mean, there's also that, yes. It'd be like, with its hooves, like, point down oh, to its back. You want this? You know what this now reminds me of? There's like a, when Dwayne The Rock Johnson was hosting SNL, one of the skits was a, like, Bambi, except it's like Bambi's getting revenge oh, for his and he's all like ripped and shit. And he's he's like, got the antlers and the, like his nose oh, freaking painted. So he's good. got like massive guns <laughs> shooting back and whatnot. I love it. Yeah, that or like, what was it? Also, the, uh, I don't know who was the host at the skit. Maybe Jason Moa? I can't remember. But essentially like, a lot of the castmates were dressed up as reindeer or whatever, and they're all making fun of Pete Wentz, who is, you know, Rudolph. <laughs> and then, you know, he's like, oh, you know, the Santa's like, oh, we could use your nose, you know, your nose tie, blah, blah, you know, the whole typical spiel. And then, like, Santa leaves, and it's like, well, well, well. <laughs> like, and he just turns dark like that. It's like, it's like, I don't know, I can't remember. And he, like, gets one of the other ones killed, because he does, like, this whole thing where he starts, like, hitting himself. Like, what is it, the movie with Mark Wahlberg? I can't remember... I don't know. What it is, he's like starts dating this guy's daughter and then he's like, You're not good for her or whatever and then he does this whole thing where like the dad goes to drive her away and he just like starts hitting himself in the chest to like bruise himself so he could like file an assault charge on the dad. Jesus. Yeah, it he he was a psychopath and that it was pretty good. Pretty well played. Pretty well played, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's really funny. But uh but yeah, no, like, so like I said, so that he like, Rudolph starts hitting himself and then he's like, ah, ah, and he's like, and Santa comes back and he's like, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, this one deer. And then he like takes the deer off and he's like, well, I got to take you up back and like shoot you or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. I'm pretty sure it's Jason Momoa for that, which also Jason Momoa made a guest appearance on when Chance the Rapper was the host and musical guest. And, uh. It was hilarious because he just like randomly comes in in this fucking fur coat and like he's I don't know it's you have to watch it I don't want to explain a whole nother skit to you but I'll <laughs> I'll show it to you guys after we're done recording it was hilarious yeah but yeah so moving on um, dear women in Native American folklore dear women stories are found in made bleh. <laughs> in maiden yes in maiden Native American <laughs> but um. In many Native American tribes, told to young children or by young adults in pre-pubescence in uh, tribes like the Sioux, uh, Ojibwe, what was that one? Panka? Panka? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Omahi. Omaha. He, oh, I'm sorry. It looks like an E. <laughs> I mean, hold on. Nope, it's an A. My handwriting. Yep. Omaha people, Cherokee, the Miss Coogee. Miss Coogee. Yeah. Um, Shimola, the uh, Chata, Oto, uh, Osage, uh, the Pawnee people, and the um, Iroquois. Yeah, Iroquois. Those are only the few that have documented deer women sightings. Woo. Yeah. And the Ojibwe tra- uh, tradition, she can be banished through the use of chanting and tobacco. Other claims that the spell she casts can be broken if one looks at her cloven hooves. Other Why are you story- looking at her feet? Mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> it's none of your business that her feet are hooves. You don't know her struggles. <laughs> you don't know that walk of life. You don't know what deer out there she had to beat up to get those lines. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> Keep walking. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> Other stories and traditions describe the sighting of deer woman as a sign of personal transformation or as a warning. Deer women, no, yeah, whatever. Um, is also said to be found of dancing and will sometimes join a c- communal dance uh-huh. un- unnoticed, leaving only when the drum beating cease. Yeah, she's just a low-key partier, man. She just she wants to hang to out party. with her hooves, which I just now remember. It reminds me of that Fall Out Boy music video show oh. going down, and the dad's got the chicken feet. Yep. Shit's weird. Fall Out Boy, man. There are some music video choices that I was like, I'm not high enough for this. <laughs> like, I feel like I need to be on a lot of weed right now. I, hell, I remember showing Jack one of their new, newer music videos. And who was it? Who was in it? It wasn't T-Pain. Two Chains, that's who it was in the one music video. And then he's like, is it? Is that two chains? I was like, yeah. And he's like, it's, it's two chains. And I was like, I know. And he's like, but follow up. I'm like, I know. I don't know what's happening either. I'm experiencing this with you as well. I'm very confused, <laughs> but also excited. And then not all their newer stuff has been that great. So I've been like, meh. I haven't even bothered. But anyways, got one more bullet point there, woman. I thought I finished. My bad. I think. No. Nope, you did finish. I'm a liar. So. Because <laughs> you're white. My crackers. I mean, I can't help my it. Milk. My DNA <laughs> is of a people that does nothing but lie and steal. These white breads are dangerous. These white breads are dangerous. And they've tricked us all into thinking other people are the liars and thieves, when in fact, it's right here. Take a look in the mirror, Brenda. It's you. <laughs> Don't turn around too fast, otherwise, you startle yourself. <laughs> I mean, many a time. I'm talking about Brenda. I ain't talking about you, you flawless being. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I've absolutely done. God, could you remember when I had the shorter hair and I would wake up and I had a mirror at the head of my bed for some reason for a minute? It was a waterbed. Yeah. Well, waterbed frame. There was no waterbed because fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. She's out. Getting seasick in my sleep. <laughs> Waterbeds are awesome. I've never been on one, so I wouldn't know. It's weird. I liked it. It's just unsettling. Well, they're always like plasticky and... Anyways. So similar creatures to the deer woman. So the deer woman, or deer women, show characteristics and traits of both sirens and succubi. 
The siren, according to the Theoi Project, are monstrous sea nymphs that lure men to their deaths with their song. Succupi, as defined by Merriam-Webster Dictionary, are demons who take female form who have sexual intercourse with men in their sleep. Hey. Look at you, Miriam. <laughs> Dictionary, knowing your succubi knowledge. So, <laughs> so constant contact with a succubus can result in failing health or death for the man. Uh, dear women, woman, lore, or dear women lure men with their beauty and magic like the sirens, and then sleep with and kill men like succubi. Countless female spirits worldwide have similar characteristics. So there's the fiora of the Chiloé region of Chile uh, causes deformation in anyone who looks upon her and will cast spell to confuse young woodsmen into sleeping with her. Fair. Gotta get the dick somehow, you know? <laughs> La Pata Sola, literally one-footed, is a shapeshifter from the Antioquia region of Colombia who takes the form of a beautiful woman to lure men with her cries of fear. When the men, who are often causing harm in one way or another to the rainforest, come to her, she drops her beautiful masks and slaughters them in an effort to protect the forest. Nah, 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 nah. It's like some extreme... Um, what what cartoon movie am I thinking of? Extreme Fern Gully shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. Forest, yo. I'm into that. So, so La Tunda, another nature spirit from Colombia, lures people of all walks of life to them with their song and then drains them of blood. La Tunda can also shapeshift, but she will always have a single leg of molinillo that she is very careful to hide. I mean, you only got one leg. How are you able to hide it? I don't know. It's even funnier when you find out what... <laughs> it just gets better. I love these so much. This last paragraph, when, when it's burst hurt, it's good stuff. So, uh, the Brazilian Iera, uh, our beautiful warrior mermaids, when found by a man, will charm him with her voice and beauty and either drown him or turn him into something like her and make him her lover. Ooh la la. Yeah, I got a 50-50 shot, buddy. It's either going to be real good for you or real bad. Yep. I mean, you know. I don't know. I'm garbage. (laughs) I got an idea in my head and I got to go with it. Oh, God. <laughs> the snap story burst doodles is gonna get more to the collection. Sup. <laughs> uh, while all these spirits will lure away or in, or um, hurt others, they also have physical deformities in common. Uh, the deer woman have hooves. Woo-hoo. Sirens are bird. Siren. Yeah, sirens are birds from the chest down. Succubies were originally portrayed as hideous and demonic. The uh, Fura mm-hmm. is uh, described as being absolutely hideous. Like, okay, damn, that's cold. Right? Um, the La Pata? Uh, Patasola. Patasola. Uh, has no right leg from the pelvis down, and her right breast is fused to her arm. Yeah. Like what? Ouch, right? I mean, it's like... I don't know, man. That's fucking wild to me. And then, cool, because it's like, it, it's almost, what's worse? I don't know. I feel like that's worse than what, like, the Amazons would do themselves. They chop a titty off. Oh, yeah. So they could shoot better. I don't know how that fixed things, but apparently it did. I know. Exactly. I don't know, but then you worse. have to move your arm to, like, reach up and you're like, my titty's falling. <laughs> yeah. No, it just would not be good. T-Rex arm on one so- side. 
and a missing leg. Yeah. On the same side. This poor woman. Uh, Latunda has a whisk for a leg. <laughs> a whisk. And Latunda, the... these eggs need scrambling. <laughs> right? Latunda. Um, <laughs> I gotta mix my liquids inside. Latunda, give me your let me borrow that leg to mix that pudding. <laughs> um, Latunda. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Latunda gonna tune you out. <laughs> Let's see. And the um, Ira? Yep. Our half Brazilian guppy. Which I don't know what that looks like, but it looks real funny in my head. <laughs> All I can think of is like the bubble guppies. Mr. Grouper is a, yeah. is a, a gup. No, the little kids are guppies, right? Well, and then it makes me think of that artist, though, where, you know, she does like the horrifying like things where it's like, oh, mermaid, like what people think of it. That it's like, so my, my picture is head and torso of guppy and then you <laughs> that'll never not be funny to me oh it's just a ridiculous image <laughs> it's awesome i love it land shark so going into popular culture uh the deer woman was featured as a character in the apple oh eponymous I'm, I'm already skipping. I'm like, Appalachian. <laughs> Skip way ahead. Oh, my God. Spoiler. <laughs> um, what was that word again? Character uh, uh, in eponymous. a... Eponymous. episode of the Showtime Horror series Masters of Horror. It originally aired in North America on December 9th of 2005. It was directed by um, John Landis. And short story entitled Dear Woman was published by Paula Gunn Allen. A short story entitled Memoir of a Dear Woman was included in the book Holiday by M. Rickert. Which, it's just like, what kind of weird ass shit? Like, that's like some I need more memoir of a geisha. <laughs> yeah. Like, I picture, like, the dear woman, like, dramatic, like, I don't Learning know. how to flaunt herself later. But, like, <laughs> like some kind of ceremonial, like, Native American dress and, like, all dramatic on the cover. Fan for some reason makes no sense because that's a Japanese thing or Asian culture thing that it's just here. God damn it, I gotta draw this too. <laughs> All you can think of is like a female version of a centaur. Uh, not a centaur. Um, um, a fawn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Soy un fawn. Un fawn. Un fawn. Sorry. <laughs> I'm speaking my Spanish I learned from pants. <laughs> yeah, I pick that's... up on the most useless information. Love it. That's what I picture. <laughs> yeah. I dig it. All right. And then my last point is in 2015, Anne Ishinabe. Anish, I tried. Yeah. Um, writer Elizabeth uh, Lepinsky. I think so. Wrote Dear Woman, a uh, vignette. Vignette. I think. I'm, I'm shooting from the hip here. Probably a small short story thing. But moving on. To our next topic. Yeah, that was pretty much Dear Woman. Short, sweet. To the point. Dear Woman. Is woman. Is dear. dear is dear, dear, dear woman. Gonna kill you if you're promiscuous. Promiscuous, promiscuous dear. boy. <laughs> I'm gonna eat you. I don't know. I love it. But anyways. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know what else to say on it. That's pretty much all I picture. That and the fucking, you ever, the stupid ass gif where it's like the deer that takes off its hooves and then it has fingers and it's like. Oh, I see that. (laughs) It took me a second. That fucks me up every time I see that. I'm like, that's so unsettling. What if that did happen? I'd be so concerned. I think it was the tits. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You had hands this whole time? You lying bitch. (laughs) But yeah. So moving on to our next uh, creature of Native American lore is the Raven Mocker. What is the Raven Mocker, you ask? The Raven Mocker is an evil spirit and the most feared of Cherokee witches. According to Cherokee mythology, it robs the sick and dying of their heart, normally appearing as old withered men and women, or or turning completely invisible except to certain medicine men. They take to the air in a fiery shape with the sounds of a raven's cry and a strong wind as they hunt for their next victim. After tormenting and killing their victim by slitting the victim's head, they consume his heart, doing so without leaving a mark on the victim's skin. Which, how that possible? Slitting, yeah, slitting the victim's head. Like, are you talking like slitting their neck? Like literally slittering, slittering, <laughs> slitting their head? Like they cut around, maybe? But then, so then you're going to cut around and somehow, I feel like that's I just the think most of Hannibal Lecter, like Kelly. Oh, yeah. That shit was fucked up. Hallelujah. But yeah. I don't know. And then it doesn't leave a mark. So how do you know they slit in the head? Exactly. It don't make sense. Something ain't adding up. So, and this adds a year to their life for every year that slain would have still lived. But they dying. Exactly. I'm like, this dying person. I was like, well, they're going to be dying for a long time if you're expecting to pick anything up out of their life force. Yeah. Like What? I need more life. Let me collect life from this dying person. Oh. It's like days, Brenda. You're only going to get days. It's like, uh, what was it? In um, Death Note. There we go. Sorry. I was like trying to think of the anime name. I was like, I was waiting for a hint. And I was I was, like... Well, it kept almost wanting to say Shinigami, which I'm like, no, that's what they're called. But the anime is Death Note. Um Oh. It's like, don't, like, some of them forget, like, how many lives they have and then accidentally, like, run out without even realizing, like, they're almost out of some or something like that. I remember that, yeah. I feel like I heard something, like, that was part of that whole lore when he's, like, discussing the whole Shinigami realm. I know they got bored and that's why they leave. Well, yeah, and then, um, what was it? And then they can't sacrifice or, like, go to make, you can't write someone's like prevent someone from dying on their last day like if their timer is supposed to be at zero and then but like you save them from whatever death is killing them then like you die God damn. <laughs> you and your hooker dears <laughs> she was too quiet <laughs> i told you i had to draw it not gonna draw gated deer Oh, my God. But anyway, so continuing my point on the raven mocker, the sound of a raven mocker means that someone in the area will die soon. Cool. Awesome. (laughs) Raven mockers are normally invisible when feeding, but those with strong medicine can not only spot them, but can cause them to die within seven days. Seven days. Seven days. Samara from the ring. She's a medicine man. And those were all raven mockers on that movie. It all makes sense now. It's all coming together. It goes all the way to the top. All I can think about now is the, the meme from 
from Sunny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As you see. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Well, no, that's not from It's Sunny. That's from Sunny. No, it's not. So what is it? It's from one of the horrible bosses. I think it's the second one. Oh, I've never seen those. Yeah. No, you should watch those because that's exactly where the crazy Charlie meme is from. Got it. Okay. But, um, because I don't know. I, th- I totally thought it was. I mean, it's it could easily he, fit in he's Sunny. He's also yeah. in Sunny. Yeah, no, that easily could have been from that too, just from how his character is. But uh, where did I leave off? Oh yeah, so medicine men will sometimes stand guard over the dying to prevent the raven mockers from stealing their heart or the, of the afflicted. So raven mockers are feared and envied by the other witches of the Cherokee folklore, and their bodies may be abused by said witches after death. Which okay, jealous ass hoes. Bitch. <laughs> Let's see how it is. Gotta wait till I'm dead to come at me. <laughs> I'm real tough. <laughs> but also I'm delicate. <laughs> she has a delicate bar. Treat me like the princess I am. <laughs> My turn. <laughs> Raven mockers in fiction. Uh, mainly Wade Wellman used raven mockers in his novel, The Old Gods Waken. Oh, actually, it's Manly. Manly? Manly Wade William. That's his fucking name. He's the manliest of men. Yeah, he real manly. Okay. He came out with a real strong jawline. And his mom was like, this is manly. <laughs> Did he have a beard then? Oh, fuck if I know. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Like, I know Manly personally. <laughs> what if it was just, like, nicknamed? Like, it wasn't as part of his actual name. I mean, or it could be, like, one of those fake author name things, but, like, literally Manly. Guys, was yeah. he a buff baby? Ripped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Manly baby. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm doing poses. <laughs> Flexing. <laughs> You're all welcome. <laughs> um, but that was made in 1979, uh, where we've, where they were one of the many creatures of the Appalachian uh, folklore encountered by Silver John. Scott Nelson used um, Nicholson. Nelson. Nicholson. Nicholson. <laughs> I don't see how you get that bar. <laughs> if you see Jack Nicholson's name, it's spelled the same way. Nicholson. Is it really? Yeah. It looks like Nicole. I'm Nicole. a Nicole. Sup? <laughs> but anyway, Scott Nicholson used uh, withered beans, much like Raven Mockers in his novel, They Hunger, in 2007, where they were encountered in a gorge similar to the Linville Gorge Wilderness area of Appalachia. Appalachia, I think. Just keep Mm. going. (laughs) Uh, PC Cast also used Raven Mockers as one of the main groups of villains in her House of Night series. The story described them as the being... As the being of uh, few living spirit children of a uh, fallen angel, Kulana. Kulana. Cool. Wow. And uh, any one of 
his many human mistresses. They have the ability to annoy the living and also steal the lives of those close to death. Which, this is a part of the book series because this was the book series I... uh, Attempted. uh, Yeah, I attempted and then was like, book grudge. Throw it out the window. And then I was over it. So I didn't think I ever made it to this part of the installment. But whatever. I don't know how many works. I think as I was reading it, more were coming out. And I think... It was the third one I stopped at, and I was going to get the fourth one. Because I think it was going to be in the one friend's point of view or something like that. But Ravenmockers are a central theme in the book, The Curse of the Ravenmocker, by Marilee Humans, mm-hmm. uh, where the main character, Adana, well, Adanta, mm-hmm. um, chases a man who appears to be a Ravenmocker in order to rescue her inspelled mother. A Ravenmocker is the chief antagonist in Evil in the Night, episode 57 of Walker, Texas Ranger. The Ravenmocker is depicted as a medicine man with shape-shifting abilities and the capability of change, I'm sorry, of causing hallucinations to his victims. Which, I never really watched any Walker, Texas Ranger, but I thought it was like more of like one of those crime shows. Like kick action, like yeah, because that's that's Chuck Norris, right? Yeah. yeah, and but yeah, for there to be like supernatural shit too, I was like, that's intense. I was like, that's different, but okay. Again, though, like I've maybe if I've seen it, I've watched like one episode a million years ago. Yeah, same. Well, my dad would sometimes watch it, not all the time. Yeah. Um, the Ravenmocker appears in Mountain Mo- Monsters in the form of a uh, Bigfoot. A raven, a wolf, the girl, and the hag called the Woman of the Woods. Cool. Mm-hmm. Faith Hunter mentions the Ravenmocker in her Jane Yellow Rock series, whose main character is a skinwalker of Cherokee blood. Which sounds cool. Right. I love any shit that's got, like, some good Native American, like, folklore undertone. I can get into that. Love it. But, yeah. And then that'll be it for Ravenmocker. I got lucky. There happened to be just enough about information about all three of these because our third one, all of them are just like regular ass words. Other stuff were words where we're like, okay, here we go. Let's hope Google teaches us how to pronounce this. Yeah. Which we'll get to those eventually as well because obviously we can't just do one Native American folklore episode because there's just like so many. And they're all amazing. Yeah, there's so many like full length ones. Some that, you know, again, I could we could do a couple episodes of just multiple stories in one easily. Right. Approved. Of folklore. Yes. I am here for it. So moving on to flying head. Yeah. What is a flying head, you may ask? Tell it's pretty self-explanatory. The flying head, also known as Big Head or the Great Head, is a cannibalistic spirit from Iroquois and Wyandotte mythology. So the description and common attributes of the flying head. So according to both Iroquois and Wyandotte mythology, flying heads are described as being ravenous spirits that are cursed with an insatiable hunger. The physical appearance of the flying head somewhat varies depending on the storyteller. However, it is generally described as resembling a human head with long dark hair, terrible eyes, and a large mouth filled with razor-sharp fangs. In some versions, the flying head has a pair of bat wings jutting from each side of its cheek and bird-like talons. Other versions replace its bat wings with those of a bird. Which, I mean, I guess makes sense. Bird-like talons, bird wings, you know. 
Uh, but in all instances, they're described as being larger in size than that of the tallest man and possessing a hide that no weapon can penetrate. So could you just imagine a flying fucking head the height of Austin? I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but I remember going to church with Austin's parents and they mentioned like a spirit head. And when it says great head, for some reason, I just see like Jesus Christ, just the head, like haunting people with sharp teeth. I mean, also plausible because I mean, white man came to America and was like trying to fuck up Native Americans and convert everyone to Christianity. But Jesus is white. <laughs> I'm not saying Jesus is white. I'm just saying that white people believe in Jesus a little too much that they got to shove it down everybody else's throat. Yeah, that's true. Convert or to get hanged. It's just like, really? That's, I feel like this isn't that important of a decision. Because one of the Native American chiefs, they were just like, or the Spaniards or somebody was just like, um, convert or death. And he's just like, um, death. He's like, if I die, he, he's like, if you die, where do you go? And mm. they're like, heaven. He's like, I'd rather go anywhere but there. Damn. I feel that. Yeah. In my spirit. <laughs> Where are you like, supposed to be going? Well, I don't want to go there. Yeah. I was just like, damn. <laughs> yes. Queen. Give it. Love it. Cutting it. I love it. Oh, yeah. I'm still going, aren't yes, I? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to like me interrupting you on stuff. But uh, so anyway, so the following head legend origin starting it off is one version of the story says that there was once a very severe winter that killed off plants and drove the moose and deer to other areas. I still want to say meese. Meeses. But uh, so then local native hunters decided against following them. The fishing too failed. And according to legend, the famine became so severe that whole families began to die. That's what happens when you can't fucking eat. Mm-hmm. So young members of the community began to talk of migrating from the area surrounded as they were by, uh, surrounded as they were by hostile tribes. Merely to shift their hunting ground for a season was not possible. They proposed a secret march to the Great Lake off to the west. They believed that once safely beyond the lake, it would be easy enough to find a new home. Which, fair. Mm-hmm. There ain't no food at where you're at. Maybe y'all should just move. Yep. According to the legend, the old men of the tribe were opposed to leaving their homelands and said that the journey was madness. They said, too, yeah, they said, too, that the famine was a Gorge, which the master of life inflicted upon his people for their crimes. That if the punishment was endured, it would pass. If ran from, the result would follow them forever. The legend also states that the old men added they would rather perish by the inches of their native hills, that they would rather die that moment than live their, I'm sorry, leave their land forever to live with plenty, yeah, plenty upon strange lands. The legend goes on to say that the young men were engaged and enraged. Oh, I'm sorry. They were engaged. Yes. <laughs> they were really engaged in this conversation. <laughs> and then they killed them. Yes. Yes. That's what happens when you lose the argument. Yep. <laughs> Death. That's <laughs> why <sighs> so you need to have the facts straight. <laughs> Even then, everyone's entitled to their opinions. Yes. Right or wrong. <laughs> but uh, they were enraged and promptly killed the old men. Which, again, with this, at first, 
I don't know. I was only half listening, I feel like, earlier. So I always caught the end where they're like, oh, we'd rather perish where there's no food and know that it's our home than leave and have all this food. And uh, at first I was like, well, that's fucking stupid. And then it going back to that, if they believe, like, the higher power was, like, this was some kind of punishment, like, you know, example. A trial or something. Yeah, like the flood or mm-hmm. whatever else. Um, they, uh, to, like, endure it is what they were meant to do. And then if they're worried that it would just come worse, if it's like, oh, you're just going to run away from your problems, eh? No food for you. No food for you ever, ever again, no matter where you go. Yeah. So it's either you endure it and the strongest survive, or you weak and the rest of you uh, perish. Yes. So moving on, though. Yes. yes. Um, after killing the elders, the... The question of disposal of the remains was a problem. According to the legend, they wished yeah, wished in some way to sanctify the deed by offering up the bodies to the master of life. They agreed to decapitate the bodies, burn them and the, uh, and to yeah, oh, and to sink the heads together at the bottom of the lake. One of the young chiefs who planned the crime died when he began entangling in Became yeah, became entangled in the ropes that bound, oh, excuse me, bound the heads together, and drowned. Like that should have been your first sign of like this ain't gonna end well. Yeah. Uh, the legend goes on to say that the bubbles and slime appeared on the lake, um, heralding a terrible monster. Uh, a giant head with wings, which the tribe could apparently never escape. Which I mean, oof. Yeah. Oof. oof. So this last bit here is Iroquois and the Flying Head. So this legend continues that the legend states that the problems brought on by the Flying Head did not stop with this group alone. The Flying Head chose to terrorize neighboring peoples as well, apparently for no particular reason. Like, it was just like, I'm just still mad. Let's just fuck everybody up. Yeah. Even if they weren't involved. This is cursed. That is cursed. (laughs) Everything is cursed. (laughs) But, uh, so many of the Iroquois... Were, were supposedly troubled by the flying head, which, when it rested upon the ground, was taller than a man. The supposed monster was coated in thick black hair. It had wings like a bat and talons. So one evening, after they had been plagued a long time with fearful vis- visitations, the flying head came to the door of a lodge occupied by a single female. She was sitting before the roasting acorns, which, as they became cooked, she took from the fire and ate. Terrified by the power of the woman, who he thought was eating live coals, the flying head left and bothered them no more. An alternative version of this part of the uh, legend says that rather than seeing a woman eating acorns and thinking she was eating live coals, the flying head stole live coals from her and tried to eat them thinking they were acorns. The result, of course, was disastrous. The flying head flees in agony, never to be seen again. Which, I mean, I would be pretty embarrassed, too, if I just, you know, mistake live coals for acorns. Yeah, I'd be like, "Ah." I'd be like, I could never go back there again. I feel so stupid. Social anxiety. Can't go back to terrorize that village because they know I'm stupid and they're just going to laugh at me. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. (laughs) I love that movie. But, yeah. And then also, though, I like the idea of just, like, it mistaking a woman for eating live coals. Like, I don't know what's going on with this bitch, but she's fucking crazy. I'm not fucking with this this village no more. This is a tough bitch. Yeah. Hell no. Nope. Tough babies come out of that woman. Yeah, but like, all right, well, we're going to back away slowly and never bother you all again. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. Good night, everyone. (laughs) It's been a pleasure. You won't see me again. Goodbye, everyone. I'll remember you all in therapy. Yes. (laughs) 
Thank you, Plankton. Uh, but like I said, so yeah, that's it. There's no real pop culture references for this. Although, I mean, I feel like I'd, I don't know, I'm torn. Like I would absolutely see a movie about a giant flying head, but also I know it'd be terrible. Like if it was on sci-fi, I'd watch it. One of those 1500 sci-fi movies that are just bad. What's that one fucking Halloween song? It was a one-eyed fine purple yeah the purple eater. monster purple people eater and That's like what I think of now. didn't they do like a song on that on the kids show <laughs> one eye one wing something purple people eater i don't know fucking it was a one eye <laughs> fucking weird ass what the fuck were children's songs man awesome. like there are some times that i'm just like what the fuck or uh do you ever remember the old sesame street when they do the counting, but it was always some like crazy um, roller track for like a marble. And as the marble will go through, it's like all these, like, you know, have you ever seen like a mouse trap? So it's something like that, but with a marble. And then it's like, you know, one, two, three, four. And then it's like counting the numbers as it like hits them or whatever. And then it just makes the girl an ice cream dough. Just me. Cool. I don't, I never really watched Sesame Street. I, I also know think references. that was one of like an old one that we might have had like on DVD for some reason or recorded. I can see that. I don't like this derogation. I give up. And then also Kermit the, the Frog drawing glitters in the air. <laughs> Those long ass fingers. But yeah, no. So any other thoughts though on our, uh, Little, little folklore series. I'm getting way off topic. No. No? We're good. No, we're good. We're golden. Okay. So, yeah. No, that's pretty much it. Like I said, we're going to try and get a few more of these in. I'm trying to, like, group. I have to organize our list. I'm trying to group things together that, like, we can be like, okay, mini episode topic. Like, and write that next to it to be like, okay, this is something that has to be paired with other stuff. Because it's not enough for an episode by itself. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So... If you have any questions, concerns, comments, personal stories, or things we missed about either the Deer Woman, Ravenmocker, or Flying Head, you can email us at the.creep.cast18 at gmail.com. You'd think I'd know this stuff by heart, but right. apparently not. Yeah, we also have uh, Twitter at CastCreep. Both C's are capitalized. We also have the Instagram, which is at the Crepe... Uh, I almost said the Crepecast. <laughs> crepes? <laughs> well, we're just a podcast that talks about crepes now. And they have to be creepy looking. I love creepy it. crepes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we ever start doing live videos, it's just going to be us making creepy crepes and failing at it drastically. Talking are... about creepy, like, myth, um, folklore and stuff while making crepes. That are spooky looking. Hell, yeah. Let's do it. Fuck, yeah. Right. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Instagram, at the Creepcast, all overcase. <laughs> this is how our ideas happen. We just hit it rapid fire. <laughs> And just build off on it as it gets crazier and crazier. And then forget about it and leave it. Yep. <laughs> and then it never happens. <laughs> also, can I say I was listening to an old episode and my favorite quote was about me going to Pride being under 21. And it was just like, I'm sober and everyone's topless. <laughs> find it funny at the time when I said it but listening back and hearing that quote I was like that could be a fucking t-shirt yeah I'm sober and everyone's topless <laughs> gay pride parade <sighs> pride within the year yep it was it was hilarious I thought some of it 
Good times. Anyways. Don't judge me. <laughs> it was 2009. <laughs> uh, we also have Facebook. You can find us under uh, The Creepcast with Brie and Burr. Our Patreon is also The Creepcast with Brie and Burr. And we also have the website that has all the information, which is thecreepcast.podbean.com. Yes. So click it and do all that stuff. And you rate, subscribe, follow, donate, and have an ooky spooky night now. Bye-bye. 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 Latunda. <laughs>